Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pacino, and I'm very excited to have Alex Scott back on with us again. Alex, the Alex Hello. Scott, how are you? I'm so good. How are you, dude? Oh, I'm doing so good. I'm so, so excited to have you back on the podcast today. Uh, it's been like over a year. I think it's been you know closer to two, which is two. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Wild, right? It's so wild. Yeah. Um, can you reintroduce yourself after this hiatus to the listeners? Sure. <laughs> yeah. What's up? My name's Alex. I am a relationship coach that focuses on helping my clients heal from toxic narcissistic relationships so they can date smart and finally attract their dream relationship. That's what I do. Holy shit, man. Your motto is like so on point now. Oh, thanks. That was like, yeah. whoa. That was nice. Very good. I, it freaking better be. I, can we cuss yeah, on this yeah. podcast? I forgot. Yes. Fucking if I allowed to say the F word? Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say it fucking better be. And then I was like, maybe I shouldn't say that. Yeah. After no, after going on many podcasts and doing what I'm doing, it, yeah, it better be dialed in. <laughs> So we talked about two years ago, and it yeah. was sort of, I think, the first chapter of your of your forte, your foray into like individual business runner, you know, guru, yeah. relationship expert, etc. And yeah. what had can only be described as like exponential growth since the, our yeah. last conversation has happened. So and I'm true. curious what that process has been like for you, going from someone who was just starting something to now you're like blown up, like. Life yeah. is good. Practice is good. Yeah. Business is good. Like, how does that all come to be and how does that feel? Um, it feels good, but yeah. not without its challenges. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm really, I'll say this. I'm really glad that I had a good foundation of the healing work before I did the social media thing. Cause like, mm -hmm damn haters be yeah. hating the amount of tenacity you have to have to truly delve into entrepreneurship it's like it's not for the faint of heart um so yeah i i literally went from like i blew up in a month like i went from like 2000 followers to over 100,000 in a, in 30 oh, days shit. all of it was like and it was like i had been posting for about a year and a half like every day multiple times a day and then just boom and it it blew up um tiktok i i had more steady growth earlier on but ig man it's like hard to bust into there yeah, um so yeah so it's been really good i'm so fucking thankful to be where i am today and to have the business i have and to be working with the amount of clients i've worked with and from around the world like it's really an honor to be here and to be doing what i'm doing and i really i really love it like, I really love it. As weird that's as that crazy, might man. sound, like, no, it's yeah. Crazy. The thing that's crazy to me is, like, I was reading on your website that you've worked with over, like, 1,400 different people yeah. in their dating yeah. journey. And yeah. to me, that is, like, an unfathomable amount of people. Like, it's a lot you know, people. I think social media has, like, broken our brains to think, like, 100,000 people is, like, not a lot. But, like, 1,500, like, practical clients is a yeah. fuck ton. Like anybody yeah. in business knows that's a shit ton of clients. Yeah. I imagine that comes with so much inherent craziness, pressure, and stress, anxiety, a million things. Like imposter syndrome. Over oh yeah, yeah. Talk to me about like so exponential growth in a 30 day period, which I would imagine led to equally exponential growth within your business. Yeah. How did yeah. you handle all of that? Well, um, you know the saying, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah. I had already been 
um, how do I say this? So when I teach my client, we're going to talk about relationships and I'll dial it back to business because really like this work is the same no matter what facet of your life uh, you're working on. Mm-hmm. And so I, in order to have the stability in my dating and relationship life as my own individual self before I even started the business thing, I needed to get my nervous system to a place where I was secure enough within myself to be my authentic self and secure enough within myself to allow myself to receive the kind of relationship I wanted to receive. And this is where like a lot of people you'll, you'll hear women say, especially like, I'm not attracted to the safe, stable guys. Like they feel boring. Right. And that's because their nervous system isn't open to receiving that kind of love. And so they chase the fuck boys for lack of a better way to say it, you know? Now, when we look at this from a business standpoint, I was working behind the scenes for, like I said, about a year and a half um, on myself and opening my nervous system to hold the capacity for that kind of an audience on TikTok and Instagram and my email list um, and Facebook. But (laughs) then it was like taking it to another capacity to have that many clients, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was building myself up to be able to do that. I was also like, if we want to talk like systems, just from like an entrepreneurial standpoint, I had all the systems ready to go. Everything was so automated. There was such a streamlined uh, process to onboarding clients that it wasn't more work for me at that point. It was more, it was just the same lather, rinse, repeat, more content, talk about my shit, want to work with me, here you go. Um, and it all kind of fell into place from there. And I truly believe that, that we have to build ourselves to receive it before we see it show up, no matter what area in life it is. I I love that. Um, both business wise and obviously relationship wise. (laughs) Relationship wise. Yeah. Um, when you, when we first talked, I think you were just beginning the relationship that you're currently in. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember. No, no, dude. You want to jump into this? I had been with that guy for three years and we broke up later that year Shit. yeah yeah um and now i'm in a new relationship with and it's almost been a year that i've been with him so we can talk about all that nitty-gritty if you want to i do i I do because like i thought the the timing coincided with both and i was wondering if Mm -hmm. like a healthy sustainable relationship led to being able to be confident and secure in a business which okay maybe yes now maybe not so then Please go. We can on. talk about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I I started this business because my partner at the time told me to, ironically or coincidentally enough, like I had been doing this work on my own before I met this person in 2017, 2018. I mm-hmm. honestly can't remember. And um when COVID hit and I was furloughed from my job, I was an events manager. Um, he was like I've learned so much about like healing and healthy relationships. And at that point we had been together for like a year and a half, two years or something. Um, when COVID hit, yeah, it must've been 2018 cause 2020 COVID hit. And so I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll like build a business off that. Cause he was like, yo, share your stuff with the world. And so I did. And as our relationship progressed and we started to get into 2021, 2022, actually, was when we split. And it was really scary because I already had a bunch of clients. Like I was already doing my thing. And um, I actually just talked about this in a masterclass I did the other day. There was there came a point in my relationship with him where I was like, okay, things are great, but they're not. Like they're, they're okay, but it's not what I want. 
There were also some other unhealthy dynamics that were starting to creep up because of his own mental health with what was happening with COVID. There was a lot going on. And and it was draining me and my energy and my ability to be who I wanted to be as a as the coach that I I desired to be, right? So mm-hmm. I had to get super honest with myself where it's like, yo girl, now is the time to pull your big girl pants up and practice what you preach in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to have like low key a public breakup, which yeah, sucked. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. That was hard. I there was so much like are people going to think that like I'm not good enough to be doing what I'm doing if I leave this relationship? Like what are people going to say? How are they going to feel about me? Like there were so many insecurities that were kind of bubbling up um because he was also part of my content, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> that's awkward. You know yeah, oh well, yeah. <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny? Um I, I, maybe you can relate to this because like I personally think that I give like very good relationship advice to my friends and I think it's because do as I say, not as I do, because it's easier for me to like give you what I think makes sense because I'm not the one that has to go through it because a lot of times dating advice is hard, right? So it's easy for me to give you difficult advice knowing I'm not the one that's going to do it, right? Right. So I find that very funny because I can relate to it. And then also like just the sheer, am I worthy of still being this person when I have failed doing the thing that I'm supposed to teach other people to do? That's yeah, that's, that's tough. It's tough. And I had to sit with that exact thing. Is this really a failure or is this what just society tells us is failure? Because when I really look at it, it's like me leaving my ex, like a man that I loved. And like, I really thought I was going to be with him for the rest of my life. Like our relationship was dope. Like 90% Mm -hmm. of the time relationship was dope. The last six months of our relationship, shit started to fall apart. And I was kind of like, how long am I willing to wait around for this to get back to what it was? And will it ever get back to what it was? And Mm -hmm. is it a failure if I go after something better? Really? No. No. And that was the thing that I needed to sit with is like, I'm, I, it feels like a failure. And so many people look at that, right? It's like, oh, well, the longevity of a relationship dictates its success. Bullshit. Do you know how many people have been together for 80 years and they hate each other and it's a living hell in their (laughs) households? You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I, I got to a point to where it was like, I was done with that relationship. We parted ways. Um, I moved into this apartment. I was single for a year. And practicing what I preach, like I took my time to heal and reflect on that. And honestly, my business didn't take a hit at all. In fact, that was when it blew up. And mm-hmm. riddle me that one, Batman. Yeah. yeah. I really uh, feel a single girly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just really feel that like the energy that I was losing because I was uh overcompensating for what I was going through in that relationship, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. giving to him and like it was kind of becoming an energy vampire at one point. Because I parted ways with that and got grounded, reclaimed my life, got back to like, you know, a normal that for me felt really good and honestly like a new normal because it's like new level, new devil, right? So it's like I'm not returning to who I used to be. I'm returning to the next level me or I'm becoming the next level me, right? And then fall of like, it was six months after I, I I was in this apartment and it blew, I blew up on Instagram. And so I really think that it all happened for a reason in the way that it was supposed to as uncomfortable and yo, it felt embarrassing. You know, I was in the middle of teaching a dating program when we broke up. Yeah. But that's like, you know, also I think that could like be 
crucially beneficial to what you do because you're now getting a further look and fresh eyes at what you're preaching, right? True. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah. It's always like so the duality of it all, right? Yeah, exactly. Always, yeah. always. So yeah, I was I single for a year and then sorry, uh, dated and now met a guy and now I've been with him for almost a year. Wild. That's amazing. I love that. I uh, I'm a big believer of everything happens for a reason. I think everyone Agreed. is like sort of super out on that phrase. It's like oh well, shit shouldn't happen. I'm like whatever, shut the fuck up. It's a good it's a good reminder that like things can be bad and then they could be good again. And I yes. like that, especially when your relationship becomes such a huge part of your business, and then mm-hmm. like publicly you're talking about what is a perceived failure, but in actuality is just the next evolution of you as a person. Like exactly. There's a reason why I read something, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that like 75% of relationships under 30 fail and then like 50% above. Is that true? I may, Maybe I made those numbers up, but it's like- I don't, I don't know that statistic, but it doesn't surprise me and I can understand the science behind it for sure. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. our brains aren't fully formed till we're 25. And if mm-hmm. I'm being honest, I don't think I even really started to own who I was authentically till I was like 27. So that tracks. It's like, I think people shouldn't get married till after 30. It's like, you're just figuring your shit out. Like, as as a uh, 38-year-old, soon to be, not soon, but like, you know, two years to be 40-year-old, I still think about like my dating life and whether I'm ready. I mean, like, that's a lie. I have done enough self-work to be incredibly comfortable in my own skin and who I am as a human being to know that I am absolutely ready to share my life with someone. That being said, I could understand why the sentiment of don't get married to your 30 tracks for sure. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I am super curious though. So um, I took the time to ask a bunch of my friends uh, to hit me with some like good questions for, for Alex Scott, the guru um, to talk about, you know, things like gaslighting, narcissism, like all these things that like we deal with in the dating app generation, right? We, I, I personally think it's the most exhausting time in the history of the world to be a single person because okay. there's just constant stimulus and options and it could be paralyzing. Um, totally true. So the first question that I got, and it's not really a question, but it's a, it's a great statement that I really loved was there is a saying that women look for the right person while men look for the right time. And it got me thinking that that kind of tracks. Like, I think for me as a man dating, it's more about timing in my life. Like knowing that my business Mm -hmm. is good. My job is good. All these things are good before I'm opening myself up to the possibility of uh, a partner, but I'm curious Mm. what your sentiments are about that kind of phrase mentality. Oh, I think it's interesting. I can understand why that is a saying. Um, Ooh, I think all of us should be looking for the right person always and about the right time. I just, I have mixed feelings about the right time thing because business can be good now. Yeah. What happens if another COVID happens? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's one of those things where I think we always, again, maybe the name of this episode should be something about duality because that's really what it is, right? It's like, we all should always be looking for the right person. Yes, we desire stability in our lives. And I do think it's smart. Like it's beneficial to both you and whoever you end up dating and are in a relationship with to have some kind of stability. But I think that there are, like when we look at avoidant attachment, they love to make to lean on that excuse. I'm not in the career that I need to be in. I'm not stable enough yet. I'm not 
I'm not where I want to be personally yet, or I got to lose a little bit of weight before I, and it's like, yo, let's be real. You're tripping. Cause it feels scary to fall in love again. Get out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, we, we got to be honest with ourselves. Like, am I using this as an excuse to avoid the risky, vulnerable thing? Or, you know, or am I being honest with myself where it's like, yeah, you know, I don't have a job right now. Let me figure that out first before I'm like trying to take someone out for drinks. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Practically yeah. being able to afford it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, uh, I'm a guilty, um, anxious attachment, anxious avoidant something. Okay. What you just said, avoidant attachment to yeah. person. Like I'm cliche. Uh, my therapist will tell you that, um, <laughs> which is good. And the cognitive understanding that that's who I am in a relationship or in a dating process has been tremendous game for me, changer being able to be like comfortable in dating right totally it's good to know how you react to situations when you're dating and that's why coaches like you and or therapists and or anyone mm -hmm. that's being able to like give you practical tools to deal with yeah. the stuff that you're feeling are crucial yeah. um the next one is what piece of advice do you give to people that they typically don't follow but should and i love that question <laughs> Yo, honestly, stop giving so many fucking chances and giving the benefit of the doubt. And I'm talking I'm talking about this right now because I have a girl, my best friend right now. If you're listening to this, I love you so much, girl. And cuz I don't I haven't been this blatantly honest with her. I'm you know, we have this rule in our friendship where it's like, do you want the the coach answer? She's also a therapist, so it's like I don't want to step on anyone's toes. So it's like, do you want the coach answer or the friend friend answer? Cuz right now like, yeah, I'm stoked you're stoked about a cute boy, get it, girl. You know? Coach answers like, I'm already like, like, stop, stop. Yeah. Bye, Felicia is like what I want her to say. Um, but yeah, I just think like, I think we have this weird, um, hmm, this weird habit of like, but he's going through a rough time or like, oh, it was the holidays. And like, you can tell me if like guys go into this too. I'm sure some do, but it's like, if they wanted to text you, if they wanted to reschedule the date, if they were really stoked about you, you would know. And so if you find yourself confused or if you find yourself always, and this goes for no matter what gender you are, if you find yourself always being the one like, so when am I going to see you again? And there's no reciprocity. It's like indecision is the decision. Like yeah. stop, stop mm -hmm. over giving. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, put the kibosh on it, put the kibosh on it. Um, I don't like when I was dating last year, I did not tolerate that. Not because I think they're awful humans or like, I wouldn't call those people fuck boys. It's just like, it's not a match. You know, basically what I'm trying to say is if you want to feel in your ideal relationship, like someone gives a damn about you, then date until you find someone that you feel like gives a damn about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think you said something that's crucially important. Like my number one thing, just like life, whether it's work or friends or family or relationships is like, mm -hmm. make time for the people that make time for you. Right. Exactly. Like if you're putting all this effort and energy into a person and it's not coming back to you, like that should be a warning sign. You shouldn't, I know it's hard in the early stages of dating to get like the clear picture of what this person wants, right? Like you said, classic fuckboys are going to just tell you what you want to hear and right? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it is what it is. Like yeah. that shit happens. It but, does. Like, you can pick up on someone's energy and understand whether they're giving you the full story or not. And exactly. I've gotten pretty good at that at this age because I've dated yeah. a million fucking times. 
And yeah. it's one of those unfortunate byproducts of you get it as you get older. So mm-hmm. like as you age, unfortunately, life experience gives you uh, clearer yeah. pictures of like what people's intentions are, at least in, in my estimation. Yeah. I want to go back to what you said about like um, the thing about the – like people are going to tell you what you want to hear. And I – you know, I was just having this conversation the other day too where it's like I'm a big proponent that like – don't go on an excessive amount of dates before you finally ask like, so what are you looking for? Are you like looking for a relationship? Are you kind of just like looking for something casual? I really believe that if you go on one date, two dates with someone and you're like, okay, I like the vibe. Like I like kind of where this is going. I could see that maybe it could turn into a relationship. I'm not saying like you're about it 100% yet, but there's a curiosity there. I ask immediately. Mm -hmm. I ask my current partner on our second date. (laughs) And for some people that might be mind blowing because it's like, oh my God, too much too soon. Like, are you jumping the gun? And it's like, yo, it's not a marriage commitment. It's curiosity. You know, it's like, I, I think it is a huge issue. Um, when you have gone on five dates and you do not know if they are looking for something that's like relationship or casual. I think that's an issue. You're wasting your time. And meanwhile, you're getting emotionally invested in this person where it's like, they might be not be looking for the same thing that you want. And now what? Now you're going to start to over justify or try and change their mind in these weird manipulative ways. And it's like, no, you know, and the people who started. Yeah. And the people who are going to tell you what you want to hear, there's little behavioral ticks you can look for. Like you're saying, like you learn those over time, which is the slow way. Totally true. You know, but you can also just educate yourself or I'm going to do a shameless plug here. Take a program or work with a coach or someone who knows how to teach you how to look for these things. And it's like then it becomes easy as cake because you're like, oh, I see what you did there. I see how you deflected. I see how you paused. I see how you shifted your eyes. You covered your mouth. That's a sign that you're lying. So it's like, you know, like there's little things you can kind of look for where even if someone is trying to grease your wheel, it's like, nice, nice try. Yeah, Not happening. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I am, I get, you know, I don't think I'm old, but <clears throat> from a dating perspective, um, thank you. I, uh, I preempt every date at this point is like, I'm not looking to get married anytime soon, but I'm dating fully with intent. I don't wait. Like this is before. I love that. Like, yeah, I'm. I do. Ladies who are listening to this, it exists. (laughs) No, no, but like for real, because like for me, I, I, I don't need another notch on my belt. Like, like there is a certain point at a certain age where it's like, yeah, sex is cool, but I want to go to dinner and see a movie and like hang out and laugh and drink wine. Yeah. I want to do all those things. So it's like, I've reached a point where it's like, if I find someone to be romantically partner inclined, it's like, Mm -hmm. here's what I'm looking for. This is like, I want to date with intent. I want to see if this goes anywhere. And then I want to try. And then within that time period, shit can fail. Obviously it's not saying that we're going to work, not saying that we're a match, but it like preempts the fact that, I'm not looking to just hit it and quit it. And I yeah. have no interest in being with someone who's like just trying to fool around. That's like, I'm, yeah. I'm and it's not a personal thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. cause I've been there. I've been the girl that's like, yo, I'm on the rebound right now. So like, you know, 100%. and yeah. And like, it's not, again, I, I really believe and you probably do too. What's meant for you won't miss you. So there's no, there's literally no way you can fuck it up with the right person. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Can I ask I totally you a question? Agree. John, yeah, I know ask this is your podcast and you're asking me questions, but ask I'm going to ask you a question. How do people, res- how do women respond to you when you say that? 
<clears throat> two ways. Um, that's amazing. Uh, I am okay. also looking for that. Or Great. that's super intense. We should probably not go out. <laughs> Okay. I love it. I'm so, I love talking about men, uh, talking with men about their experiences on dating apps, because obviously like that's not me. Um, and I'm so curious to know. Yeah. I have, I have bad news for people out there who are like single and my age or my generate, you know, thirties that are single and they're like on the, I've retired from the apps. Um, Cool. Oh my God. Great. I'm of the mentality where what's meant for me will find me. I, I just like, yeah. I can't do the uh, bullshit anymore of the, Hey, what's your favorite color? Hey, what's your favorite movie? Yeah. Hey, what's your favorite TV show? I yeah. want to do all those things, but I want to do it in a natural environment, in which I've met people out and like, I'm like, Hey, nice. let's, we should date. Like we should go out, yeah. let's get dinner. Let's get drink. Let's get coffee. And I just think it's like an easier sort of, <laughs> it's an easier sort of uh, pattern for me. Like I having been, on and off single for the last caught 10 years, right? Like, you know, I've been in relationships. I've been out of relationships. Yeah. I've had such a love-hate relationship with apps that, like, I mean, like, humble brag, I was on Raya for, like, the last year because, like, I don't fucking <laughs> yeah. even know why. Yeah. yeah. It's stupid. It's literally the worst fucking thing I've ever done in my I life. I haven't been on it. I've, I stuck to the OG Bumble yeah. hinge. 20 bucks mm-hmm. a month, totally not worth it. And I also think, like, a lot of the problems with, just the core apps, the bumbles and hinges of the world is that they are now a for-profit enterprise. Exactly. They have less, less reasons to give you what you're looking for. They won't. And that's another reason why they won't. And I I won't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, so it goes both ways. One one of two ways. (laughs) Word. Okay, cool. Thanks for sharing. I'm so, yeah. yeah. Cause like if I was a girl receiving that text, I'd be, I would be the one that's like, bout it. Awesome. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, it's just like, I don't want to pretend and like, listen, it is, I've said that before and been honest about what my expectations are and what I'm looking for. And mm-hmm. that changes after meeting a person, right? Like totally we date, we go on two, three dates and like, I could see them as a non-romantic partner and mm-hmm. as a friend, I could mm-hmm. see them as a non-relationship partner and as maybe a sexual partner. Like these things yep. are all fluid totally. and they change yep. and that's okay. I just find as you get older, if you are articulative of what you're wanting and what you're feeling as you're feeling it, it's yeah. great. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Sometime recently, not recently, but like, uh, like I, I got called out for like changing some something I was feeling on like a weekly basis. Like the person was like, "Oh, you said this on Monday. It's Sunday, and you're you're like going against what you're saying." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, things change." You're allowed to change your feelings. On yes. Matters. And I'm yeah. expressing to you why the situation of what I expressed a few days ago is no longer valid. And yeah. that shouldn't that shouldn't pose a problem. You should be understanding. So yeah. when someone takes something like that and throws it back in your face, maybe think about that. Red flag. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. What's the best advice for people who have had bad dating experiences in terms of overcoming uh, past times of being gaslit and manipulated etc yo you gotta heal that's it like gaslighting abuse you know people don't it's been so normalized that people don't understand the psychological trauma that is left from it and it leaves you feeling like on edge pins and needles all the time and so like the unsexy answer is 
you got to heal. You got to do the inner work. You got it. My number one thing, and if you follow me on the gram or TikTok, you're going to hear me talk about the nervous system all the time, but that is the foundation to healing and healing as efficiently as possible. I think a lot of people uh, hit the brakes when it when they hear that word heal because it feels like you're going to have to like be stressy, depressy, and like cry and curl up in a ball and eat tomato soup for the rest of the year. But that's not the case. You know, you actually can heal super efficiently with the right tools. And the thing about gaslighting is that you, you want to talk about trust issues. Like gaslighting is huge with that because you don't, you've been lied to your face under the guise of it's your own mind betraying you, right? Where it's like, you're dramatic, you're sensitive, you're crazy, you're not normal, right? And then this amount of self-doubt that can come up that someone has to work through and kind of realize like, wait, it was never me. I was never the problem. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't sensitive. I wasn't dramatic. Go ahead. Yeah. Although my favorite thing is it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I mean, maybe I'm just a Swifty, but like I am the problem. I have right. I mean, yes, but that's admitted. the thing. It's like there's a difference between taking responsibility and um someone gaslighting you, right? So it's like I think like when it comes to relationship, if like it, I would never say to my boyfriend like you, you're crazy, you're being dramatic right now because I know it's not beneficial, right? When we can lean into empathy and be like even if it doesn't make sense to us, that's when the emotional safety of the relationship is still there. And then when the person has chilled, right, then we can say, hey, that was a really big reaction to something that happened. Let's get curious about it together and see what we can do to set ourselves up for relationship success moving forward. That's healthy. But meeting your partner, even if it's like true, like even if they're like tripping over dishes being in the sink and they're like, oh my God, you know, it's like, okay, yo, it's not like the end of the world. You know, we don't have rats or any, like, it's not, it's fine. It's fixable. But like, if we approach it that way, all we're doing is, is cutting off the emotional safety in the relationship. So, you know, for people who've gone through abusive stuff, you know, I, I, and I think people are, there's a lack of education on what abuse is because it's a spectrum. You know, people hear that word and they think gnarly things like domestic violence and, I'm going to say a scary word, so trigger warning, rape, things like that, right? But something as sneaky as gaslighting is abuse. And you need to take it seriously because of the cognitive dissonance that comes up from it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's crucially important. Um, It's one of those things where, like, you get better at at age with identifying that kind of thing. Totally. still at times you could be, like, bewildered by it and, like, completely caught off guard, like, you know, shit happens, but like, mm-hmm. um, knowing the warning signs, working with qualified people can help you uh, preempt those uh, those kind of situations. 100%. But this leads sort of into the perfect next question, being what are some warning signs to look for at the beginning stages of dating for potential narcissists and or egomaniacs? <laughs> oh my god, there's so many. <laughs> Potential red flags to look for. Ooh, I have one that I always share that people get pissed at me for talking about. So we can talk about that one. Um, And that's a lack of long-term friendships. People get so angry at me because it's a sneaky one. Um, So I dated someone who was diagnosed. That's what led me to my rock bottom. I dated someone who was diagnosed NPD, narcissistic personality disorder with borderline traits. And he got diagnosed because he had to go to court order therapy for beating the crap out of a woman at a club in LA. So like, it's very serious. Yeah. 
and he had no friends. Narcissistic people will have surface level friends. They're called flying monkeys when we look at the terminology that the psychology world uses. And that comes from the Wizard of Oz, you know, Um, and that whole, the flying monkey type friendships are going to be people that are just like, yes, men, right. Confirmation, confirmation bias over and over again, right? Like you can do no wrong. Yes. You're the best thing in the world. How dare they? Blah, blah, blah. But they're so blind. Right. Whereas when we look at someone who's healthy, they have long-term deep friendships with people who are like, Hey, my friend's going through something right now. I got to go to her place tonight to like support her or like the person they call up and they're like, yo, I'm going through this right now and I really need support or feedback. Like me and my girlfriend, like if I'm triggered by something that happens in my life, I'm like, Hey, will you play devil's advocate with me? Like, this is how I'm perceiving it. Can you give me your two cents? Right. They're open to feedback. And the reason that narcissistic, truly narcissistic, toxic people cannot sustain deep friendships and long-term friendships is because they cannot be vulnerable and they cannot be empathetic, right? Mm-hmm. So who the fuck's going to be friends with someone for a long period of time if they're not actually getting past surface level conversation? And if that person's never empathetic about what they're going through, ain't no one going to be friends mm-hmm. with them for a long period of time. So that's one of the red flags. Go ahead. I'm so curious why that would be an unpopular. I'll but, tell you why. Yeah, I would. I, that that to me seems so wildly straightforward. Like I don't. Yeah. Like, where's the? Well, I think people get defensive when they don't feel popular or feel like they have a lot of friends, and so I always talk about like I'm not talking about quantity. I'm talking about quality. You know, like mm-hmm. me myself, I probably can count on one hand the amount of people that know me, good, bad, and ugly, and like have been with me for years. You know, my longest friendship's mm-hmm. 21 years long. Like. Hell yeah. You know, like they, they know me at my core. They know 11 year old Alex, you know? Um, and then I have like more, I I wouldn't say like they're deeper friendships than acquaintances. And then I do have some acquaintances, but there's like a spectrum of friends that I have in my life. People I see, people I hang out with, people I celebrate birthdays with, people I go on trips with, you know? Um, and that's great. And I think people just get confused around like, well, I don't have a lot of friends. And I'm like, I'm not saying a lot. I'm saying quality. And I think the other thing that can come up, and this is a very true point, and you need to self-reflect and know this about yourself, is people who are neurodivergent, autistic, ADHD, they can struggle sometimes to maintain friendships because of what they're dealing with. Um, But you got to know that about yourself instead of taking it personally. You know what I'm saying? And like Mm -hmm. the even when I look at, I don't know if anyone, I love this show. It's called Love on the Spectrum on Netflix where, uh, um, have you watched it? I love it. Uh, It's such a good show. It's I just started it like two, what's today? Thursday, two days ago, because yeah. one of my friends was like, you need to watch a show. And she's yeah. also single and we commiserate about our dating experiences yeah. quite a bit. And yeah, there's the clip going viral right now about, I would like to hold your hand or whatever. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen that? No, it's, that's so funny. Oh, no, so you're funny. good. Yeah. One of the guys is like, I'd really like to hold your hand right now. And the girl's like, okay. And she's like, this is nice. And he's like, I don't like it. (laughs) It's it's just like so, so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And simple. And well, honestly, like I jokingly, but it's true. Like I will jokingly say, like, I think we all need to lean into more blatant honesty. Like that's the one thing I love watching the show for. Cause it's like, you know, and when you watch, especially on the Australia version of the show, I don't know if you've checked it out, but they do a really good job of hey, I don't feel a romantic connection, but can we be friends? They do such a better job of that than us neurotypical people. And it's like, can we please bring more of that into our dating standard and our dating norms? Um, Anyway, 
So the reason I bring that up is when we look at these folks, they still have a support system. They still have some friends. They still have some deep friendships. So, you know, that's why sometimes I get a lot of flack for it. I think people, or, or they're just legitimate narcissists and they're just like, fuck you. And I'm going to disagree with your content because I'm not a narcissist. How can I be? You know, and they really are, but they can't see the light. So yeah, but that's one of them. That's a sneaky one. Other ones would be like contemptuous interactions and negging, like, Fuck, ladies, if a guy is negging you under, like, which, please tell me everyone knows what negging is. It's like an underhanded compliment in the guise of, like, flirtation. I used to get the one that's like, you're too, but (laughs) yeah, you're so pretty, but I would never wear that, right? Or, like, the one I would get is like, damn, you're too tall. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, you have short king issues, like, you know? I don't find it as a problem. So um, negging, contemptuous interactions, which is just someone who feels superior. So like that's going to show up as like people talking down about service workers, janitors, like Mm. someone who talks shit about someone who can do nothing for them. Red flag. Um, God, there's so many. The love bombing. I will say this. Uh, statistics show that people who text more often are love bombers. And I think Mm -hmm. especially with dating apps, yeah, especially with dating apps, we have gotten into this like uh, thumbs addicted to the phone and like, what are you doing now? Okay, I'm breathing. What are you doing now? Okay, I'm going to the bathroom. What are you doing now? Running through Taco Bell. What are you doing now? And it's like, yo, fucking go live your life so you have something to talk about the next time you see this person. Put the fucking phone down. Um, I'm so glad we can say the F word here because I can just be me so much more. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert. Fuck is my favorite word. So yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up love bombing. Um, the texting thing I, I, I have a problem with. So tell me more. I've been love bombed a few times in my life and like, I'm okay with it. Like I could foresee it now, uh, in the moment. It's like, dude, come on. Like, how did you just like, you know, it's like, it's crazy to me. Um, but the texting thing, like I am that kind of person. Like I yeah. am a text, I'm a textually active yeah. person. And I'm like, yeah. because unfortunately, like I don't have a typical nine to five. Neither do you. I would imagine you're textually active as well. I love that. I just made that up right now. Textually. I am textually active. I think that's cute. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Like, you I, know, I have all of the time in the world until I have none. So yeah. like you may not like people may not be able to relate to the fact that like I can text you from 9am to 3pm. And then when I'm on a shoot from like three to six, like I'm busy. So I, I'm like, obviously conscious about the things I'm saying. I'm not like, I fucking love you. Like you're the best. This is the greatest. Like I'm not love bombing. Well, I mean, I may say that because I believe that, but like, um, love bombing, I think is hard. I think as you get older to spot Mm -hmm. because it comes and goes in different ways. Um, I'm making this up on the fly. How do you spot love bombing and how do you avoid it? Yeah. So let's talk about what you're talking about because, and I would be interested to have just a straight up honest conversation around this topic with you because I'm curious. But for me, it's like if the amount of attention and time you are getting is not equal to the amount of time you have spent interfacing with this person face to face that's an unbalance. And that's something to kind of just pay attention to. Right. So it's like my boyfriend and I, when we first started dating and we were texting, there were a few days here and there where I didn't hear from him at all. It's like, he's living his life. I'm living my life. It ain't no thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Now we text every day. Right. Mm -hmm. And at first he might say something like, I'm really looking forward to seeing you again. 
okay, that's totally cool. Cause like, obviously I'm a vibe. I feel like I'm a vibe. We had a good first date. We had a good second date, you know, but he's not over there being like, like I had a client send me screenshots once and this guy's like, oh my God, you're a goddess. And it's like, oh, yo, like who talks like that? Um, and then he also started like naming, well, this was like on Bumble, like before they even actually met in real life. But that's my point. It's like, they haven't even met in real life and he's talking to her that way. Yeah. And then also like getting really like detailed with her photos. Like, I love that black button up shirt. It's like, yo, I think you like what's under it more than the actual shirt itself. But okay. Yeah. You know? And so that's the face. See, that's the ick face. You're getting the ick. Yeah. But that's what I would say to look for. It's like, if you haven't even met someone yet and they are laying it on thick and they're like, I need to call you. I need to text you. I need to red flag, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. as you get to date and know someone, if you've met someone in face to face and you're about it, then it's understandable that you're going to have some textual, you're going to be textually active, you know? Um, so that's really what it is. It's like, look for the, um, the amount of time you've spent with this person in RL is equal to the amount of attention they are giving you and the things they are saying to you. The other thing that's that love bombing, there's two other really sneaky, sneaky love bombing things. Oh, I need to... What just happened? I need to Why figure out. It does. This one is. Will it do it? Yeah. It's an. Oh, I don't know how to turn it off on Riverside. Wait. Ready oh for this my one? God. D- Wait for it. Come on. You can do it, camera. For oh. for the audio only listeners, Alex just put heart hands. Does it work for me? I don't know. No. <laughs> Alex just said heart hands and hearts uh, erupted over the screen, and then balloons popped up. And if you're listening to this, I'm trying to Apple. do fireworks, but it's not doing it. <laughs> Anyway, um, yo, uh, the first, but you want to hear a really, we're going to take a quick shortcut on this because it's hilarious, Mm -hmm. but we'll come back to the love bombing thing. Um, the first time it happened though, when this, cause I updated my Mac and then I was doing EMDR. So I went like this with a client and the balloons came up and I was like, oh, that was bad. That was like, not great. Anyway. She was like, they were okay with it, thank God, but like, not good when you're digging someone's trauma up and it's like, balloons, follow my fingers. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so the start, two, yeah, the two sneaky things that I think people don't catch soon enough is mirroring, which that person is like chameleon vibes. It's like, oh my God, you love Blink-182? I love Blink-182. Oh my God, you like Vanilla Froyo? I love Vanilla Froyo. Oh my God, The Shining's your favorite movie? It's my favorite movie. It's like, yo, Ooh. do you have any like so, personal? Yeah, yeah, like that is scary. So in mirroring, yeah. when I when I look at, when we look at narcissism like really dialed in, they'll even go as far as to mirror your how you're sitting. like. They'll start to, yeah. And your words, like I say word, I'll be like word. That's cool. Right. And all of a sudden, like if I was dating a narcissist, they'll start adopting my vocabulary. Yeah. So those are really sneaky things to look for. The other one is future faking because we all, we hear like if someone's making future plans with you, that's a green flag. Okay. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, Hey, had a great first date. Can I take you out on a second date next week? That's fine. But when it's like, Oh my God, six months from now, I'm going to Italy. Do you want to come with me? It's like, yo, let's get matters. Right. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, like people don't 
they because they get so swept up on the choose me high of like, oh my God, this person likes me so much. They're trying to make plans to travel with me or to do these bigger things down the road. But it's like, you guys aren't even exclusive yet. And they're talking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, we need to look for these more subtle forms of love bombing that feel really good in the moment, but don't add up in the long run. Those are That's my big really ones. Good. Yeah. Um, I think with experience, <clears throat> you get older and you start realizing that like connect good, solid connections from a relationship perspective tend to be less as you get older. I think that's just like a context of maybe of like meeting people, uh, opportunity. I don't fucking know. Whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's harder as you get older. Maybe that's a factor or it's perceived. Um, so it's easy to get super excited in, in the beginning and then yeah. realize like after like three or four dates, you're like, yeah maybe we don't love each other actually yeah <laughs> my god no yeah don't worry Ooh. i've absolutely never told someone within four dates that i love them i would absolutely never. you might them. not but, but there are people who are you know i'll give you a very good example i this is two years ago i was dating a person she was amazing um mm -hmm. missed all of the glaring love bomb signs okay. uh we went on four or five dates when we were slept together for the first time. She accidentally said, I love you to me. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Please go. Um, but I was like, listen, like that, this is like, you, she just got out of like a six year relationship. It was a lot for her. Like I know like in the moment I could rationalize or at least you're I like, of course you do. Duh. <laughs> just dig you down. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I was there too. I was there. Too. I know why you're saying this, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I was like, I was, I was freaked out by it. But then I started thinking, um, oh, maybe my feelings are stronger for her than I thought they were because, like, she clearly thinks so much, and oh it went from that to we shouldn't talk anymore in like two weeks. And I Yo, was like, bro. what the fuck? And that yeah. was like my first experience with love bombing. And it was the greatest lesson I've ever encountered in my life. Because now you know, don't take the people who tell you they love you home within no. four days. Anyone <laughs> who's obsessed with you early on. Because like people, pe okay, when I like to describe, it's like healthy people are like a slow burn. It's like we're warming mm. up, you know, we're not going yeah. like zero to a hundred. And if that is the case, if someone's like, oh my God, I'm about it. Let's go. Can I see you tomorrow? Can I see you the next day? Can I it? It's like red flags. We don't want someone yeah. to be obsessed with us early on. That's not healthy. Mm -hmm. That's not good. We're looking for interdependence. They're an independent person. You're an independent person. Y'all come together to enjoy that ebb and flow of each other's selves, individual selves, right? Not this wishy-washy codependent bullshit. And so, you know, we need to look for, again, how quickly are things getting off the ground? Because if we're looking for that slow burn that escalates over a period of time pretty stably, not giant firework that epically fails, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes giant fireworks are fun, um, but not often. <laughs> They're usually short-lived. They're really great one-night stands. Yeah. Big bang. <laughs> Literally. And then, and then, and then it's gone from the sky. Yep. Um, that's right. Yeah. I learned, a, I learned a super valuable lesson there. Um, and it's one that, like, I think you still crop up to now and then. Like, you, you 
like you mentioned the slow burn. I like the idea that something takes you by surprise and you're like, oh, wow, like this is a person who was never in my romantic purview, someone that I never had conceived of in a romantic manner. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, we should we should go out like we should hang out. We should go get drinks. We should you know, what I mean, that that's yeah. I mean, I'm I, in my experience, those are probably the best relationships I've ever had. The ones that like happened and weren't like forced yeah. or pressed upon they just like yeah. naturally evolved through life which is yeah. like you know easier said than done I'm sure <laughs> totally but even like my current partner i met him on bumble and it was mm-hmm. like our first date was like whoa like that was awesome um and i it was still i would still consider it a slow burn because it was like i was only seeing him like maybe once to two times a week it wasn't like these date back to back or these jumbo dates that people get in where it's like you start with coffee and then it's like you go all day and then now you're at dinner like not cool either like that's also a red flag y'all don't do that um so I would still consider that a slow burn because again we weren't texting nonstop. like we kept it interesting like there was a good amount of like ebb and flow coming in and going out and coming in and going out go ahead I'm glad you mentioned the texting thing because one of my questions that we had was uh texting styles like so there are the people who are very textually active i'm textually active and some people's textiles may be hey i'm you know the chief of police and i can't text you 61 times a day Mm -hmm. um uh, i'm gonna cut this question up a little bit easier um you mentioned that you were like really good with the text back and forth with your current Mm -hmm. partner because it worked within your sort of you know uh, dating profile and like what you were hoping for from a communication perspective if you are the type of person that wants to be texting all the time mm-hmm. and you have a partner who isn't mm-hmm. like just to reiterate for these people, that's okay. Right. Like not everyone's communication style is going to be the same and you could still yeah. have a healthy relationship. Yeah. Um, no one's communication <laughs> style is the same. Like when I teach yeah. my communication module in my program, I'm literally like, yo, every think about like, even though we all like here in America, we all speak English, but each household is like its own country because it's like each household has its own jokes, its own version of sarcasm, its own sayings, its own tonality that we adopt as we grow and evolve. So it's like we need even gestures, you know? So it's like, even though we are from the same country and speak the same language, we cannot assume that we have the same communication style, right? So it's like, you need to get curious. And that's why like curious, curious, curious is like one of my favorite words because it is that like if the, if the communication style with me and my partner was mismatched, I would lean into curiosity. I'd be like, Hey, I'm noticing that like, you're not the kind of guy that texts all the time. And that's totally great. I am the kind of girl that likes to text a little bit more. I'm curious. Like, what do you, how do you feel about that? If I were to shoot you a couple more texts, like, could we find a groove, a happy medium, like get curious ask the question. And here's the deal. A lot of people are going to be like, Ooh, I don't want to like do that if I'm still getting to know this person. And my coachy thing is why the hell not? Because if you are going to be in a long-term relationship, you are going to need to communicate your needs at some point. And you might as well start sooner rather than later. Cause girl or men, if they ain't about it now, they're not going to be about it three months from now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like rip the, and this goes back to my first point where it's like, rip the fucking bandaid off. Like be you. Don't give like over. The, don't overgive chances. Yeah, go I ahead. I like the uh, curious because it's curious in combination with com- uh, communication. Because like, 
if you're not asking the question or articulating what you're feeling, you're not going to have your feelings met or your concerns met or no. or your positives met. If you're like, I love when you do this, but you never tell the person that, how are they supposed to know that you appreciate that, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's curiosity and communication. I think if you like are able to be curious about the person that you're with and you're able to articulate what you're thinking and feeling in a moment, you're going to have a better chance of having a successful relationship. Yeah. I would. The other thing I want to just add on to this conversation is, and if you don't share your emotions, like, and you're vulnerable, you're never going to know how they respond to your emotions. So it's like, be, yeah, like I, if I want a compassionate partner, like people talk about like, I'm testing the relationship, right? With these like bullshit things. No, let's put the bullshit things down and let's, the real testing is, hey, I'm feeling really sad today because I had this happen and then watch how they fucking respond to you. Right. Mm -hmm. If they're like, well, don't cry about it. Suck it up. It could always be worse. Well, bye, Felicia. On to the next one, you know? And if they're like, oh, babe, that sucks. You want me to bring over some cookie dough ice cream? Green flag. You know, it's like, watch how they respond. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll say as a man, not so easy in your 20s, maybe even early 30s to articulate how you're feeling emotionally. As I think 35 is like the cutoff. Like I got to the point where I'm like, I'm going to fully and honestly communicate the things that I'm thinking and feeling because mm-hmm. I just don't give a fuck. Like you'll either appreciate, understand, accept, and work with me on the things that I'm thinking and feeling. Yeah. Or in the words of the great Alex Scott, bye Felicia. Yeah. It's yeah. And I think like I hear for you and your experience, it's an age thing. And I think for probably a lot of men, they do feel that way. But I really like any young men listening to this, do it faster. Like you don't need mm-hmm. to wait to get there. I think the reason a lot of people in their 20s, no matter what you have between your legs, like man, woman, non-binary, whatever, like people are so focused on being accepted and chosen that we get into these people pleasing tendencies. But it's like, your right person is going to choose you when you are authentically you. The only way you get into someone, like get into a relationship with someone who gets you and is like your vibe and is like soul aligned, like I like to call it, is by being you to the fullest. So you might as well lead with it now. And you're going to have way more dating and relationship success the sooner you get comfortable doing that. Yes, that means you're going to get rejected more and that's okay. What's meant for you won't miss you. So just keep on going, you know? My mic drop. I fucking love that. Uh, I will say that it's at times, whether it's societal, whether it's fucking whatever you want to call it, easier said than done for men to be vulnerable. Um, Mm -hmm. I've only gotten comfortable being vulnerable because I've put myself in uncomfortable positions. Uh, There's a great and many example of my life where I've been vulnerable and I've regretted the fucking shit out of it. So what does that do? That negatively enforces in me that I can't be vulnerable vulnerable. because when you are, what happens? Something bad. So I I totally agree with you. Like I wish like 25-year-old John could have been a vulnerable, open, fucking whatever person. But he wasn't because he – just you know, he was twenty five. I, mean, I wasn't either, stupid, dude. Like, <laughs> I was like the epitome of a chameleon. I was like, just choose me, love me. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I was my god. Really like that in my twenties. To be honest with you, I uh, my twenties was very much spent trying to just like enjoy life as much as possible. That's and good. I had the I like group of guy friends that like we did all of the fun shit that we wanted to do. We went to Vegas. Yeah. We went to Miami. Like we traveled. We yeah. went to clubs and we did partying and like we just. We, we lived it up and they are all married now with children and beautiful, amazing wives and spouses. Yeah. 
I'm not. I, but like yeah. it worked for me because like I've I, what's meant for you will find you. What works Agreed. for you will be for you. So like, yeah. if you build a life for yourself that works, like I, I can write down how many people in the last like year, John, you're 38. Why are you? You're not married. Let's go. Okay. You know, when I want to be like, I will be like, it's like, it's not yeah. like, this is not like, this is my book. Ain't no race. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, what's, what's, what, what will work for you will work for you and let it be for you. But like, yeah. I spent the vast majority of my twenties just like fucking off and having fun because that's what I wanted to do. I did it, the go. same thing in my, in, in college as well. So I think like, as long as you're doing what you want to be doing and being mindful of other people's feelings and thoughts and don't get mm. me wrong, I was a shit bag for a lot of my early 20s because I was 19, 20 in college and stupid. But like you live, you learn, right? You get yeah. it's, just, it's just true. It's just true. Yeah. So true. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, okay. I want to end this on what I think is uh, a really good uh, note. Um, I have seen what you've been able to accomplish in a two-year period, and I found it remarkably inspiring. Um, I think a lot of people can look at a person like yourself who has done something on their own and weathered storms and just been able to grow a tremendous business and an amazing, super cool uh, sort of life for themselves. And I admire it greatly. Um, mm-hmm. I always say, like, I'm, anyone who's been on this podcast is part of my family. I'm, I'm super appreciative of your friendship and your ability to come on again and have this conversation. Big fan of yours as a human. And thanks so much for coming on again, Alex. Oh, thank you. That was so sweet. I feel so warm. (laughs) Virtual hugs. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day. Take care. You too, bud. Bye.